0: Podcast express and we're talking to whoever's listening out there welcome to five minutes of trouble the only podcast on the internet that discussed the john carpenter film big trouble in little china five minutes at a time i'm josh horowitz from joshhorowitz.com and the old time radio podcast 12 chimes it's midnight and my co-host back once again in the podcast express is producer actor filmmaker and overall fun guy mr brett stillo welcome back brett Thank you, Josh. It's good to be back. And Oh my, the the
1: Podcast Express is running really well today. Yeah, I know. We had to get that oil change after it was sitting around for so long. It's important, folks, when you have an imaginary truck to have an imaginary oil change and an imaginary tire rotation. So we're just rolling along here down the highway uh, out of, oh darn, I forgot the name of the town...
2: Yeah.
0: Visalia. Visalia! That's right. Thank you, mysterious guests. <laughs> well, the guest that we have, uh, let's make him less mysterious. Uh, he is actually one of the big keepers of the Big Trouble in Little China Flame. Uh, as of uh, a couple of years ago, he actually came up with something that uh, kind of brought Big Trouble back on the map uh, that was uh, associated with a very famous YouTube video, and I am talking about. Wesley Freitas, actor, singer, writer, filmmaker, and YouTube creator of the famous Gangnam Style parody, Pan Style, that's received over 1.5 million views since it came out a couple of years ago. So, Wesley, welcome to the Podcast Express. Welcome on board.
2: Yeah, I am so happy to be here. I love that intro. It gets me fired up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's cool. pretty awesome. And just for the record, I... I knew the Visalia. Answer. Yeah, of course. I tricked it was a trick question. <laughs> Welcome to the Podcast Express. You know your big trouble in little China. We're ready to go.
2: I love it. Yeah, I've got a I've got a Jack Burton trucking uh logo on my phone case and it, I'm cheating. Nice. It says Visalia, California right underneath it.
1: So, like, <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Girl. Just just the fact that you know, you know Visalia even if it's on your phone. It's <laughs> It's uh, I of course knew the name Visalia. But uh, yeah, you've passed. Come on up to the front seat. You don't have to be in the. You don't have to be in the sleeper cab. Good. Yeah.
2: Now,
0: Wesley, have you actually been to Visalia?
2: I have actually. I've got Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he a lot of orange groves. I remember a lot of horses, and we did some dirt bike riding. It, I you know I like it. Nice. It was, it was nice farm country.
0: Exactly. Well, for our guests who aren't uh, quite familiar with some of the stuff that you've done, maybe you can tell our audience a little bit about yourself and mm-hmm. uh, just. Uh, Maybe the first time you saw Big Trouble in Little China.
2: Mm, yeah. Okay. Uh, my name's Wesley. Uh, I'm a big I'm a Big Trouble in Little China fanatic. Um, I grew up in Hawaii, and I don't know if there was something about having a lot of Japanese and uh, Chinese uh, families, and you know, a lot of migrants came to Hawaii back in the day, but they played Big Trouble in Little China like in my mind, a whole lot more than they did in other places. (laughs) Uh, I remember seeing that in part and parcel in Hawaii for some reason as a really young kid. And I don't think I've ever seen it when I was, you know, younger than 10. I don't think I'd ever seen it straight through. It was just sort of something that was on. You watched it. You didn't know it was so tongue-in-cheek or anything. But I grew up knowing that movie. And uh, it was only sort of like... I think I probably started saying it was like my favorite movie when I hung out with a bunch of uh, filmmakers in college. You know, hmm. everybody had the, uh, you know, they all had the reasons for their very smart and you know, Blade Runner's a lot of fit people's favorites and things like that would be thrown out and I was like, oh yeah, Big Trouble in Little China, and I get <laughs> I <I'd> get mixed <laughs> reviews from that, but it, in actuality, I think it was really ahead of its time and I think it's I think it's hilarious and still holds up. Hold and uh, yeah, love it.
0: So you're from Hawaii, I, I believe. Gerald Gerald Akamura also came from Hawaii, so you've got at least one thing in common with, uh, with
2: who people did uh, on this Gerald, show. Who, who's Gerald playing in that? I don't know the name.
0: He was uh, uh, Gerald the Hatchet Man, the one with the golden guns, the six shooters yes. that happens in the alleyway.
2: That guy's in everything. He's also in uh, oh, like yeah, Hot yeah, Shots Part Deux, where they both kick his head into two different positions in the beginning. Charlie Sheen, <laughs> and
0: Samurai Cop, of course.
2: <laughs> wow! <laughs> though, though,
0: though he didn't want to bring
1: that up, that was a, that was a wonderfully tense oh, really? moment in our interview. It was—he just played me because oh, he, he, you know, it was hysterical. Because there's this one movie I was in, and you wouldn't <laughs> believe, and I and I just I turned into a ten-year-old. You mean Samurai Cop? and he's like this one movie i was in yeah 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 gerald samurai cup yeah but this one movie i was in he wouldn't he didn't want to name it but we knew what we were talking about and uh it was almost like he was patting my head the whole time yeah that's right kid i'm not going to say the title of that thing but uh that's amazing the awesomeness that the samurai Cup. yeah yeah gerald was great gerald was great
0: so uh talking about big trouble little china so you you grew up seeing it quite a bit. I mean, what about that film? Would you say really resonated with you, Wesley?
2: Hmm. I think uh, you know, as a kid, like the whole uh, let's think about three big things. Like I think I was a ninja probably five different Halloweens as a young, <laughs> as a young boy. You know, like just different iterations of it. Um, so kung fu and martial arts, just of course, it's going to be every kid's sort of bread and butter then you've got monster elements special effects you know I, I, as when, when Mortal Kombat came on the scene I was really upset that Raiden was just ripping off Big Trouble in Little China that was like that was my first love of those sort of <laughs> kind of things and lore and uh, you know the Chinese wild man the sort of beast creature I just uh, I think it was it just took a lot of firsts for me it was like it uh, took a lot of firsts first places in my heart and in my my psyche it was like a monster movie that had ninja elements and i think it was funny but you know i don't think you get any of those sort of jokes and quippy statements that are just hilarious now when you're younger but i, I probably watched it pretty serious and along right alongside of movies like temple of doom you know mm-hmm. as if it was in the same uh mm-hmm. tone uh i know you guys talked a lot about sort of jack burton Kind of wanting to be Indiana Jones, I got it enough. To, <laughs> That's right. I caught I got it enough to where I knew he was sort of a screw up, you know. Like especially when he's got lipstick and he throws a knife in the, you know. As a kid, you're like, eh. I don't know about you guys, but when I was younger, I always wanted to be the person that I was watching. Like in it, playing around with your friends, like you have to be like, oh, who am I in this show? Who am I going to be? Who am I going to pretend to be when I'm we're out playing? ninja with my friends and i was always sort of indiana jones i don't think i was ever jack burton <laughs> uh, so i knew enough to stay away from him but uh yeah so i just uh love the movie just tremendously yeah. and only only grew as the more i went to screenings and stuff and saw other people watch it. it's just been
0: so now awesome. growing up you you went into film school then you you decided to, to take the filmmaker path
2: you know what? I went to Chapman not knowing what I wanted to do from Hawaii. It was, so I started in PR, and then I hung out with a bunch of filmmakers, like Brett Simmons and Aaron Bell, and Chapman uh, was sort of the Wild West then. It, you could kind of declare whatever you wanted. And I, I was like, these guys got way better homework than me. So I'm gonna be, I, I'm going to be a filmmaker, and got about, I think a few credits shy of having the major but I wanted to graduate in 4 years and not spend another semester so I ended up graduating the mass comm degree which I don't even think that exists at Chapman now but hey whatever <laughs> the film school is going really well you know duffer brothers and uh just a bunch of different crazy success stories that came out of the school now which is great and my mm-hmm. little cousin my cousin from Hawaii also is there now in the uh animation and film program oh cool so that's pretty cool
0: all right, so now we're going to uh, we're going to set the Wayback Machine. It's now 2012, <laughs> and uh, Size Gangnam Style has yes. hit the internets by storm. Yes, uh, it, it's crazy. I mean, you, you look at it today; it's gotten 3.2 billion views yeah. to date on YouTube as of November of 2018 when we're recording this. Uh, and, and then back then, of course, everyone was then making parodies of the song. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you decided to do Big Trouble. So yeah. why don't you tell us the process of, of how, how that happened, how you, you came upon this?
2: Yeah. Uh, I was working at a company called Sire's Crown. We were making wooden sunglasses and I think we were having a beer one day on the balcony in our downtown sort of loft area. And I bet my friend CJ that I could get a million views on YouTube. And <laughs> so I did a, I, I made uh Call Me Maybe right before, if you remember, Call Me Maybe was right before Gangnam Style, mm-hmm. and that was the other really big hit. And I, I said, if I just made a Catwoman call me maybe something, <laughs> I'd get a million views. And he was like, it ain't that easy. I was like, yeah, that, that's what would happen. So I went to the you know Dark Knight uh, Rises midnight screening, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to do it from Blake's perspective. And I wrote it in that night on my notes, like on my notes <laughs> app on my phone wrote it till like four in the morning, just wrote out this lyrics. And then it was already late. Like it was already, that that Call Me Maybe parody was already sort of, everybody had done it already. You know, was she she had done it on uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon. She was on everything. So Carly Rae Jepsen's song was played out at that point, but I <laughs> ignored it and just did it anyway. And then end up slowly but surely got it to a million views. And then everybody's like, well, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And I was like, oh, I wrote Gotham style because that song... Gangnam Style so hot so I I wrote this whole whole uh, song based on from Bane's perspective and it's it's basically written out and everything you know just like uh, was it what I don't even know how it started um like, dealing out more damage than Razog will end the Joker, like that sort of thing, and he went through the whole thing, (laughs) and like, at the end, it's like, I got my back cracked, I packed a knapsack, I'm going home, and Bruce Wayne climbs out of the pit, and I had already cast all these people, I already had them in the costumes and all that stuff from the first one, uh, from (laughs) Batman maybe, and then I just was like, yeah, but then I'm gonna spend a bunch of money and energy, and then I'm gonna have another Batman video, and we were ready to go on that one, pretty much, (laughs) And then I told my friend at Fiction Pictures, his name's Mike Longenbach. I was like, "I'm thinking about doing low Pan style," and he just started laughing. He's <laughs> like, "He's like, you gotta do that. I mean, that is just absolutely you. You're. It probably won't be as popular right off the bat, but seriously, people will find it, and that'll like be forever." And I was like, "All right." So I, I wrote that one. I was walking around somehow for some reason. I was on Chapman's campus again. I think I was visiting a friend, and I wrote it in the in the uh, quad or the whatever they call it a mall everything's a mall on a campus you know it's just a sitting area so i'm out there just wrote it real fast uh because i'd listened to everybody was sending me sigh and they're like you got to do this one next you got to do this one next so i wrote it really fast (laughs) Mm -hmm. i don't know why i had the the weird al uh bug i guess or something but it just came out really quick and i sent it off and they're like let's do it so yeah that was sort of it was my uh follow-up to batman maybe
0: Mm -hmm. i decided
2: to do something that was a little bit more uh my style. Yeah. So you
0: started out just writing the lyrics. So you had the whole song out first when you were on campus.
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. I think that's that. You know, because that sigh, that sigh. There's no lyrics that no. I understand in Korean, obviously, right? So I was just hit, <laughs> I was just hitting beats and certain sounds. I like remember. I remember lyrics and sort of music pretty pretty well. So I just could write it sort of in my head. and Then just watching it again. I mean, he's that that video was hilarious. So that you know, mm-hmm. you're we were sort of. Taking the beats from the music video, like the elevator scene and the dance off scene that they have in the original Psy Gongnam style, and then just sort of what is that? What what would that look like? Extrapolate and then put into a big trouble in Little China set. What what does that look like?
1: Mm-hmm. Now you also just invoked the name of one of our gods that we. I think we have to visit uh, Mr. Yankovic as well, I just know. for a moment yeah, to see yeah. You know, I, I take it he was important in your childhood as well, quite possibly.
2: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like I couldn't understand why people wouldn't rather listen to "Eat It" instead of Be It," because <laughs> it was the same song, but it's funnier, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or or, or or I'm fat instead of I'm mm-hmm. bad. A, my first album ever was Michael Jackson's "Bad." I still like remember the, like that that cassette tape. Uh, but then my, I think my second one was like Weird Al's, whatever that album was. I can't even remember. That's pretty sad that I don't remember the name of it. But yeah, I I, I couldn't, I, I didn't understand why people didn't think that was hilarious. Um, You know, and I love parodies. I think they're really funny. And I think well-written ones are, are amazing. There's mm-hmm. some that are, you know, there's some much cringey ones. And I'm sure people probably feel that way about some of mine. But I try very hard to, you know, do justice to the original property or the movie or mm-hmm. whatever it is that I was doing it for especially the big trouble cuz I love this so much. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's actually something I noticed in your videos cuz I've watched all 3 and there is a third one folks. It's mm-hmm. sort of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Is when you do a parody, you go all out. Just yeah. like Weird Al goes all out. You leave nothing. You kitchen sink it. You kitchen sink the kitchen sink and it's and yeah, I think you mentioned Mad Magazine. It's that, you know, let's let's put jokes everywhere. Let's put yeah. jokes on jokes and, mm-hmm. you know, let's leave nothing behind. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, 100%. And I I just didn't want, like, I guess we've all seen, like, things that have, like, been, you know, I guess you can air horn this, but half-assed a little bit. And I was like, Nah, I don't want to do that. I, I want to do, like, a ridiculous, ridiculously good. And, and the main reason why those videos look as good as they do is because of my DP for all three videos is Jonathan Bruno. Mm. He's... uh he really is the director because uh, I wasn't a director you know I didn't finish my film school you know so I was out there just kind of figuring it all out I was like why oh, don't we just shoot this and he's like oh, you gotta like that you, you actually have to make, you do want it to look good I'm like yes we want it to look good he goes alright well, then you gotta wait so he's credited uh, with Batman maybe a low pen style and um, uh, Suits That Fly <laughs> couldn't even remember my last video that's pretty bad um, he shot it all and co-directed along with me so he's mm-hmm. he's amazing yeah. So now
0: tell tell me a little bit about the process of of making this then. Mm. So did you end up storyboarding it out? Uh, yeah, I mean treating it basically like you would any regular music video?
2: Yeah, so I did all the costumes and I did all the location scouting and all the lyrics that to me I think it it needed like a it needed an anchor place. So there's you know you get to see that movie Balls of Fury. Mm-hmm. Of that movie.
0: Yeah, that, James, that was James with, also with that James Hong in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: he's in he's playing like a blind uh ping-pong master. James, uh, they shot uh, the the final scenes when they're fighting against uh, Christopher Walken. It's in this old shut-down uh, restaurant that used to be an open working restaurant in North Hollywood right off the lot of Universal Studios. I don't know if you've ever been over there. You see it. It's like by the Frankenstein parking lot. I know that's very specific, but that's, um, <laughs> they have this old dilapidated restaurant there that you can kind of rent out. So I got it for about 12, I think it was like a hundred bucks an hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, maybe a little, no, it was more than that. I can't remember now. I just know that all in the budget for low pen style was about nine G's. Wow. And that's with paying Nobody that was mm-hmm. all gear and, uh, you know, costumes and james hong didn't even get paid like everybody was in in there for the love of it which is i I had Hmm. crewed enough films and projects that i you know had curried a bunch of favor from friends people came out to work and we had you know we had great equipment and all that stuff but yeah it's a lot more money than i thought it was but a lot of it was because uh, we needed a fire marshal at this location we weren't technically on the universal lot we were outside of the lot so then we ended up having to pay for a lot more overnight the, the budget pretty much doubled hmm. and the fiction pictures guys like we're already in man let's do it we'll, we'll cover you <laughs> we're we're we went too, it's too we're, we went we went too far to turn around now so literally when we started filming this the police came and like SWAT teamed the building to make sure that nobody was squatting in it oh wow <laughs> yeah like guns drawn and everything but it was like kind of like the guys looking at me the set guy's like, yeah, they like to do this. It's good practice. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, should I be worried about, you know, like, what do we do? So we, we didn't have any bathrooms. So I like, I got like a big uh, RV that I had basically promised to shoot some videos. for. I mean, it was everything that you could do to like, just grab favors from people and not mm-hmm. not have to pay your own money. But yeah, so f- sorry. First foremost, I knew I, knew I needed that location. Mm-hmm. I wanted that restaurant. So that was the biggest part of the budget. Then um, we stole some shots from downtown uh, Chinatown. Los L.A. Angeles. Chinatown, right? Right, right, yeah. right, L.A. Chinatown, not the real one. Uh, stole some shots there. And then uh, that truck scene where Jack Burton's having a dance-off with Lopin, that's in a studio space that was downtown that I got for pretty much a song. They were hmm. they were awesome. So, yeah, it was it was sort of locations for me first, and then I'd fill in the rest, you know? Yeah that's sort of the way i would do it
1: so being a truck nerd <laughs> well-known truck nerd i have to ask because one of one of our great accomplishments on the show was finding out where the pork chop express is now and wow. yeah it's and now i can't remember but yeah we did track it down somebody has it it's safe really yeah it was yeah was a prize yeah, full- liner wasn't it Yeah, it's a Freightliner.
2: It's a Freightliner. I can't remember the exact year, but it's a Freightliner truck. And there's actually like models of... The truck that I got is not even a Freightliner. I think it was maybe a Troyville or something. It was something or something that... But it had the similar paint markings and it was white. And I paid the guy in beer and a couple (laughs) hundred dollars.
1: (laughs) Yeah. To just
2: drive it into the studio on a Sunday and then drive it out. Like, it was great
1: yeah and that's 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 a good example of of what we're talking about here because you really nailed it with the truck yeah you know somebody else might have just said oh let's just get a truck in there close enough but you found a truck that was uh a really good stand-in for the pork chop express it was like yeah that's that's real real close My, my truck nerd genes were just you know
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's a different if you don't look too close because then you'll be let down because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm neurotic enough to want to get the original. The hardest thing to get, if you can believe it, is Jack Burton's boots, which yeah. I've been told Kurt Russell actually sourced those. They're actually an old uh, motorcycle boot, and huh. that was the hardest thing for me to get, but I figured it out. Anyway, the truck itself <laughs> don't look too close. I was driving around, uh, no joke, so Sheenndai Ch- wanted this to happen. <laughs> you know, he, 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 he let me stumble upon some truck that was no doubt. I mean, or no joke, like about a mile away from the studio. Oh, so nice. it, it, I just had to like, I, I just told this guy he was going to do it. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want, and I told him, I was like, no man, you're going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to pay you this much <laughs> and you're coming here. And it's, it's right down the street. I just would not take no for an answer. Cause I was like, there's no way I'm going to get a truck. This one's so so close, and when we shoot mm-hmm. inside the cab, it's going to look excellent. And again, John Bruno made that work so well. It's awesome. Yeah, so yeah.
0: I mean, I- that's that's just one example of your attention to detail. Yeah. I mean, the the other being the costumes, uh, the costumes themselves. I mean, they look. Awesome. I mean, very authentic to the film. Everything down from Lupin's outfit to, well, the tank tops. I think I know a little bit about the tank tops, but yeah, uh, yeah. How, that's how did you end up?
2: Yeah, I tried Kong to track exchange. down my. I tried to track down our email correspondence because we've talked before. I was like trying to let you know. I think I was trying to squeeze you for some free stuff. This might have been what the context <laughs> was, and you were like, ah, you know yeah, good luck, or you weren't mad about, mean about her by any means. I was like, I already got some shirts. I didn't know if you had anything else. I was sort of hoping that you had some kind of secret apparel that I could borrow from you, out l- of the boots <laughs> or something. Yeah, if you had you the know. boots. Yeah, yeah. Well, those are on the Fox lot. I know where, I tracked them down. They're on, wow. this, or they were on display as of last year. They're on the Fox uh, lot. There's like a glass casing of Jack's uh, boots, the, the poncho, I believe, the shirt, the hat, and I think a couple other things are in there. Huh. Yeah, That's cool.
0: But tell me a little bit about the the, the costumes themselves. So how did you end up uh, planning, acquiring the different costumes that we see in there?
2: Yeah, I found a robe, like sort of like a, uh, I'm part Japanese and part Chinese. So please, nobody take offense if I say something mildly offensive about Asian people. I'm a I'm an Asian person, <laughs> so in Hawaii we make fun of everybody. So like technically the robe that I got was like a Japanese robe, even though I bought it down in Chinatown. So it's all mixed up, right? They people, but then I used that as a base, and I had this great girl Amy Hafner, who was my costume designer. She's from Chapman as well. She basically like stopped on my Blu-ray and like looked at all the intricacies, and I bought all the fabric. Downtown LA has everything. There's a fabric mart. There's all these different things. So I bought all the fabric. I brought it to Amy. I tried to tell her, you got to try and make this hat. Um, she was like, she did do that." I kind of think, and maybe it was Maddie Bracco that ended up doing the hat for me. I think I had a couple people working on the hat, and I'm sorry. <laughs> the low-pan hat was, it was really important that the low pan looked really good. So and it, and it, at first, it was the costume locations. I made those, you know, Thunder Lightning rain hats out of laundry baskets that I bought from, like, the nice. world market. <laughs>
1: Perfect. perfect. Um, yeah,
2: I mean, the, the, you know, it was close enough, uh, but I I was like dedicated to doing it, and and I, I I wanted to make their full outfits, but man, if you look at those costumes, they're amazing uh, yeah. in the movie. They're really really yeah. amazing.
0: April so, Fairy, I believe that. Yes, was the, the original thank you. one. <laughs> I was just trying to
2: remember who like, but um, and those hats, uh, you can find one, or I think one went for sale, and it was something like nine thousand dollars or mm. something like that just one of them that was still intact yeah. so there's no way that was gonna happen
1: i love the laundry basket uh, that's so <laughs> inspired that, i mean that's that, for the next cosplay that's what you can do Yeah, right? completely yeah you should i think you should for all the fans you should do a, a youtube how-to video how to turn yeah. a laundry basket <laughs> yeah. into a into a storm hat well, well here, here's a question so
0: we, we just had halloween not too long ago have you ever Taken some of those costumes that you had from Lopan style and actually dressed up as Lopan or one of the characters for a Halloween gig?
2: Man, that I honestly always wanted to be Old Man Lopan for Halloween. That was like <laughs> my goal. But I was like, God, it's going to be so ridiculous because I will go all out for Halloween. Then this was like, and because we had shot this right around October, and like I think the video came out like October twenty first or something like that, mm-hmm. I was done with dressing <laughs> up. I was like, I am not putting this on. Funny story though, James Hong has actually borrowed my Lo Pan costume. Oh, for a wow for, for a con, isn't that oh, awesome? Nice. What well, a good story.
1: <laughs> Beyond I love, awesome. I
2: love that guy. He writes me, and then I, I you know, he's like Wesley. I'm going to. Uh, Florida for Dragon Con. I need you to send me your costume. I'm like, it wasn't even really a request. It was sort of like a demand. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to say yes.
1: Of and that's really a good awesome. Hong, by the way.
2: Yeah, that's, I did it for him awesome a few hung. times. You know, when, when James, I guess I'm jumping ahead here. Um, but when I showed James everything, he was the last thing that we shot in the music video. And he comes up to our loft. And um, I was like, God, he could. this could go really well or really bad right now like he could be so offended by what i'm about to show him, <laughs> or he could just love it and he, he we show him everything and then there's a big black mark where his scene's going to be and the video stops it was pretty much assembled and uh it's a, like a, i swear it was like 30 seconds but it probably was not long like 10 second pause and then he hops up from the couch and starts dancing around. This guy's almost 90. He, I think he was 90. At the time. He's dancing around the room like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's shoot it. Let's go. And it was like, yes, we got awesome. this. Yeah, wow. he, was, he was amazing.
1: Lopan is dancing in your loft.
2: Dude, like <laughs> legit. And uh, I think the only thing he wanted was like, just make sure you get me lunch from this one spot that's in downtown. And I was like, yes, you got it. Sold. Yeah. And uh, it was great.
0: Well, actually, uh, so – Talking about uh, the, the Lopan makeup, so that, that brings me to my next question. So in addition to you know writing this and singing this, so so you did act in this. So tell us about some of the roles you played in this. And, and I, I gather one of them was Lopan.
2: Yeah. So um, let's see. Dan and Sheila Gates, they were my makeup people for old man Lopan. And uh, they are amazing. I mean, we, we started at like 4 in the morning the day that we shot at that restaurant. And they came to my loft, started it went to location, kept working on it, finished it, did all the wrinkles and everything, had like <laughs> this professional skull cap and all these sort of things. And um man, he just they they were just amazing. They worked on it and but it took so long. It just How long makeup, did it take? Makeup to, yeah, I think cuz we started at 4, I don't think I got in front of the camera till about 11.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah, I
2: mean, it was just a two crew thing, and I think we ended up forgetting something. Like they had to almost <sighs> run back to get it, back, and it was like, gosh, dang it. So the, all the while we're shooting, uh, Chuck Ma, who's that Wing Kong uh, breakdancer in the beginning, who's mm-hmm. my old friend from Chapman. He's on. He's he's been on TV shows as a dancer. Chuck Ma, he's awesome, but he's in there just. Breaking it down for the camera, and everybody's like, Take your time. We're getting a bunch of stuff with Chuck. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking we're going to lose our location here if this, keep, <laughs> this keeps taking forever. But it was worth it. We got that opening scene with all the wind fans and everything like that on the mm-hmm. little, um, but yeah. So I played the old Lopin, I played the young Lopin, and then I did the singing. This sounds very egotistical. And I also did the Jack Burton, which I'm very proud of. But
1: mm-hmm. and I was, I wanted to ask you about that because that is a dead on Kurt Russell.
2: It's yeah again just like the truck don't look too close. Uh or don't listen too close. So you you'll you'll definitely won't sound like him. But my dad, he watched it, he goes, "How'd you get Kurt Russell's voice in there?" And I was like, "You just paid me the most ultimate compliment, Pops. I appreciate that." Yeah, that's
1: fair. That's cool. That's cool.
2: Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: And that's what you know, he's one of those guys who you know, you hear you hear this all the time. Oh, modern actors, you can't parody them, you can't do impersonations. But then, you know, you can. And you, I mean, you got his intonation, you got the cadence. True, he's it's Kurt Russell doing John Wayne. Exactly. Yeah. But still, you could, you know, you just you nailed that one. I was that, you know, watching the video, I was like, yeah, this is fun, this is fun. Whoa.
2: Yeah, that was <laughs> a lot Kurt? of fun. Yeah, I love impersonating people. Like that is like. That's my jam. I was mm. so Kurt's Kurt, you're you're absolutely right. Kurt's not really Kurt's a mimic. He says that in podcasts that he actually is really I mean, he did Elvis voice he was an Elvis with John Carpenter. He did the Elvis voice in Forrest Gump. So mm-hmm. he can he can impersonate people. He's amazing. So but when he's impersonating John Wayne, now all of a sudden you've got a caricature of a person and now that can be imitated pretty well, right? Like the best way to imitate a voice is imitate somebody doing it to to me that's that's oh, that's the nice. secret because that person's already already got it right and then you're just you're seeing the elements that they're taking out of it uh anyway side note <laughs> but he uh I loved doing that track that was just so much fun I was like I know I need Kurt Russell to sing in this and the guy who played uh Kurt Russell his name is West Chatham he's a big actor he's in the the expanse I think right now if that's the mo- show on sci-fi yeah he plays Amos Burton on the Expanse, a sci TV show. Perfect. He literally called me up that day. <laughs> he he called me up that day. He's like, "Dude, do you think I should do this?" You know, because he, he was in the Hunger Games and all these kind of. He's a pretty well-known actor. He's and he, and I was like, and he goes, "I'm gonna screw it. I'm gonna do it. I'm not telling my manager anything. I'm just gonna do it because uh, I love Kurt Russell that much and I love Big Trouble <laughs> Little China." <laughs> nice. And, and he broke it down. I mean, his dancing in that video is my, 100% favorite part of that whole video when he's just <laughs> jamming. Made me laugh. Nice.
0: Actually, uh, that that's a good transition to the uh, discussion of the choreography. So, mm. there, a lot of dancing in this. Uh, that that looks obviously it's uh, taken after uh, the type of dancing that happens in uh, the Psy video. But there's some other stuff too. So, why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, the process of doing the choreography? How did you handle that?
2: God, that's a great question. I don't think I touched it at all. I think mm. that was because that dance crew, Chuck, the opening scene where Chuck's just kind of. Jamming, that was like very l- loose. He can just do that. I was like, I was like, Chucky, here's the, here's the track, man. Just, we used, you know, in the beginning of the Gangnam Style video, there's that little boy who's dancing next to Psy that's in the reflection of his glasses. You kind of mm. have to go back to watch the original Psy video to know like why we chose some of the things that we did. But, mm. um, I was like, that little kid's just going off and got the attitude to back it up. I was like, I want you to do your version of that. He's like, I got it. Easy. (laughs) Didn't choreograph anything. He just did it. Um, And that's how most of this, I'll tell you about the song later, but that's literally how the video goes. And I think that's just a testament to how many talented friends I sort of had that could just take this crazy idea that I had and make it happen and make it look good so Chuck did that the, the other crew yeah the Ivy League was sort of the Wing Kong dances all together and then one of my friends wife Adriana she's in it and everybody just sort of like the dance was pretty basic and they took to it and then we just had a bunch of like B-roll stuff that we were just going to cut in to keep it kind of frenetic and fun like we had I can't remember how many hours I should have asked John I think I want to say it was about 14 hours worth of footage wow wow <laughs> How, how long did it take to film the whole thing? That's sort of embarrassing to say that. Uh, well, it was over four different days, right? So we had the restaurant location. We had, so that was one day, a whole day, like a really long, I think that was a really long first day. Second day was all of the uh, truck stuff with low pan, roller skating around. I, ro- ro- I wore roller skates <laughs> the whole time so I could legitimately be eight feet tall or whoever <laughs> however Kurt Russell wanted him to be. And I'm not a tall guy. So I kept eating it. There's just probably four, like an hour of that 14-hour footage is just me biffing it and losing my hat and <laughs> falling on my butt. And, uh, so we had the studio space where the truck came in, Kurt Russell's stuff, the big dance scene at the end with all the laser lights. Mm-hmm. Then we shot um, downtown the day that James Hong came. All that stuff of me rolling around downtown and dancing, that was the same day James came. So that was the third day. And then we have one more day. Day, I think. It might have been three three big locations and then one sort of pickup day. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. and then
2: we had the studio space uh, where the green screen stuff where you see the green flames. Right. There is a video out there where I completely danced, dressed as Lopan to... Um, remember that Michael Jackson video I Want to uh, Rock With You? Oh, yeah. Where he's kind of got the green lasers and stuff in between his sparkly suit. Like, hmm. we we wanted to do that too. <laughs> and that exists somewhere, but... Yeah. <laughs> Too much at the end of the day it just ended up being like way too much money to do all these things <laughs> <laughs>
0: now let's see uh talking about the music a little bit uh yeah i mean every, everything yeah. in this the attention to detail is is awesome uh but the music specifically i mean it's found it sounds spot on with the original psy but yeah. also elements of the big trouble soundtracks so maybe yeah. tell us a little bit about your process God. of getting the music done for the video
2: ha- hayato takano that's his name hayato takano h-a-y-a-t-o Takano, T-A-K-A-N-O. This guy is unbelievable. He's like a wizard on uh, the guitar. He can play almost any instrument. And this is this is my amazing directing that I gave to Hayato. I was like, Hayato, I need you to make um, the opening theme of Carpenter's song. I'll play it for you. And sigh, have a baby. Go. <laughs> That's literally all I told him. And he comes back, and I was like, I want it to fade in seamlessly from that opening. Into the... And ramp it up. And I I literally made those stupid noises on the phone. I didn't even sit in (laughs) with him, you know what I mean? And he sends me back this track, like, after one go at it that was perfect. I think Mm. I tweaked, like, one thing. And I was like, dude, you're unbelievable. You're Mm. unbelievable. Like, I just such a talented guy and so humble like never I didn't pay him I, I mean I probably owe him thousand dollars you know but he's he's doing art now I hope he's gonna get rich off of that but <laughs> Hayato's amazing so many like talented people out there but yeah he took it and the, the whole reason uh, Batman maybe didn't make any money even though there's ads on there now we use the karaoke track so
3: huh.
2: we use the karaoke track lesson learned we got flagged huh. uh I was like, well, this next one we will do all original music. So we we did all the original music, right? We, we created it. Even though it was sort of based on the same music, it's a cover, we thought we could kind of claim that we redid it. It was parody, it was mixed in. Well, I think Universal flagged us again for the Psy part of the song. Even though it wasn't the original track or anybody had composed it, it was close enough to the original
3: hmm.
2: uh, IP that they flagged us, put ads on it. So basically you can either get flagged taken down left alone or they put ads on your video and make money off of your doing. that's what happened to all three of my videos so I've made nothing from all of these, these oh, man. came to live millions of views right So which is also discouraging so I got smart the third time instead of using my own money I got fully sponsored for the Iron Man one from Chapman sort of like as a nice way to promote the film program that we were all working together post-grad doing funny stuff using current students and stuff and that was really nice my friend David basically helped me get that one but man that's honestly the reason why it just I haven't kept going I, I'd huh. love to keep going it's just expensive
0: <laughs> gee I mean I wonder if if Weird Al Yankovic were to make some of those videos back then <laughs> if he put them on YouTube would he have made any money or would have been the same situation good
2: question I think under I think he's making fun of the um of the original. Mm-hmm. Holder, So that's how you kind of can get away. Like Bart Baker does that. Like he basically just makes fun of everybody mm-hmm. that he's parodying. And that, so under parody law, they kind of get away with that. And also they have precedent, right? They've got people that like, they've got lawyers on retention that will fight back. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have any of that. I wasn't YouTube certified. I, I didn't know that I only mm-hmm. had 14 days to fight it, all this sort of stuff. So after low style turned out to be a goose egg on the earning money, I was like, this sucks. I'm not doing this anymore. And, um, mm-hmm. At least we got it done, right? And and uh, those music videos had gotten me a job, uh, sort of as like a producer with like okay. YouTube stuff. So that was fun, you know. Had that for about three years before I moved out here. So anyway, it was it was all good. It just was sort of maddening. It's not yeah. it's not easy. It's good good on people that can make a make a living, you know, doing the YouTube thing, but.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's anyway. see. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about the cast that we have mm. in there. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you you took some of the roles. Um, some of the people from your Chapman <laughs> days, you said uh, took some yeah. roles as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. So, wh- who should we start with here? So, Wes Chatham, he's on the Expanse. I'll plug him. He's awesome guy. He's actually living out in Nashville um, or Tennessee. I haven't seen him yet, but I gotta catch up with that guy and uh, I'd made his costume. His only payment fee was that he got to walk home in the costume that he was dancing in, so I lost that whole Kurt Russell get-up. That, uh, that Jack Burton get-up just walked right out the door, and I was fine with it because his dance yeah. moves appeased me.
1: So yeah, that means, Josh, West Chatham has one of your tank tops. That Sounds like it. Yeah, <laughs> get in, in a, touch with that plug. guy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
2: He, he's, he's awesome. He's, like, super funny, uh, great guy. Um, so he walked out with his payment. He walked out with that. Uh, let's see, Chuck, we already talked about Chuck awesome dancer, Chuck Ma he's great uh, Miao Yin was Lindsey Gorman that was my producer my th- I should say my three producers it was Trey Everett, who's like a good friend of mine who like threw money into this got me the whole dance crew uh, he was unbelievable So I, I, the reason why I don't think I know about the dancing is because he just handled it Hmm. Trey was awesome. Trey Everett, he's in a band, Moonlight Graham. I'm plugging people now just as a thank you. Yeah. <laughs> John Bruno is my DP and my producer slash co-director. And then Mike Longenbach. at the beginning of the video you see Fiction Pictures. Mike Longenbach and Mike Wilt are the producers, and Tyler Troutman oh, at the time were the um, owner-operators of Fiction Pictures. So, hmm. they sort of picked up all the slack. Did the funding helped me secure insurance, all that stuff. Hmm. Um, Miao Yin was Lindsey Gorman, who Trey found. He goes, "I found a girl. She's uh, she's awesome. She's uh, she's got green eyes and she's Asian." And I'm like, <laughs> "Sounds great, you know." And poor thing, uh, on the day of, at the day, she was super shy. And I, 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 did a gender bend where I made her dress like uh, Wang, and <laughs> you know, and then uh, made Benedict, who was playing Gracie Law, uh, dress like Jack. She's Lady Jack, okay. Yeah, yeah, mainly because I had already made them use the red dresses with James Hong. So yeah, she played Gracie Law, Benedict Westby. She's an actress. She's back in Norway, and she's also a, I think she's a lawyer now, so she's just like a real-life yin. I'm sorry, Gracie Law. She followed in Gracie's footsteps, and has now graduated (laughs) law school. Lindsay, I don't know what she's doing now. I don't follow up. And then Thunder, Lightning, and Rain. We have Trey, my producer, is Lightning. And they were just dressed as like versions of Psy's outfits because I couldn't get the rest of those costumes done. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you noticed that. They got the open tie thing. They're Mm -hmm. basically dressed like Psy work a bunch of different costumes and suits that he wore in the music video. I just made Thunder, Lightning, Rain each wear a version of that.
0: Which is actually awesome. It reminds me of uh, you know when they wear those suits and uh, totally in the Kong Exchange. Yeah. I love
2: those weird suits that they got. The Sears Men <laughs> Special,
0: album. Employee of the Month. Employee of the Month. Yeah, that's what
2: you guys called it. I did listen to that. I was I laughed really hard at that. Um, it's perfect. So yeah, Lightning was Trey, my producer. Thunder was Matt Holbrook, who was Bane in my Batman uh, Maybe video. This mm-hmm. guy's my hero. He showed up on my Batman maybe video, the day of. Like, I called them, and I said, hey, you got a Bane outfit. You look awesome. Can you do this? He goes, "Yep, yeah, be there. Guy's <laughs> unbelievable. So cool. Love, Matt, And then Tyler Troutman, who also, like, produced the track along for Lopan, like, helped me do the singing and stuff. He was Rain. <laughs> mm. I think that's kind of everything. But
0: then, time. of course, you did get a, a very special yes. <laughs> guest uh, appearance who, who isn't credited, I, I, I see, uh, I guess it says he's he Lopan as himself or something like yes, that. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, so James Hong, how did that happen?
2: I love this story. So like, I love producing. I love it when somebody says something can't happen. That's like that gets me going. I'm like, well, I'm gonna make it happen. So I was like, <laughs> I, I I just you know, there's that scene in the Psy music video where the guy's in the elevator thrusting his hip over Psy. I don't know who that actor is. I guess he's like kind of a big actor in Korea. Uh, but I was like that's going to be James Hong. I don't care. The only, person, <laughs> the only other person I would use in that role would be Kurt Russell, but he's not going to do it. And uh, I mean, maybe he would have, but it's more perfect. It's low-pan style. It needs to be low-pan. So I, uh, my friend had an IMDB Pro page because I was too cheap to pay for mine. And uh, I looked up James, and I was like, I'm not going to ask his agent. I'm not going to ask his manager. I'm going to ask his publicist if, James, if he'd talk to James for me. So uh that was the way to go because the publicist, I explained it to him, I'm like, hey, I got this video, I'll send you the the rough cut. It's gonna be perfect for James. He's gonna love it. It's it's a tribute to his the best character, the thing that the the, the character that he loves sort of, you know, the most out of his career. At least that's the way I kind of told him. I'm like putting words in his mouth or whatever. And uh <laughs> and, and, and Anthony's like, uh you know he's almost ninety, right? And I think at that time he's like eighty nine, maybe yeah, I think it's like eighty nine or eighty eight. And I'm like, Yeah and he goes, How much of the hip thrusting are you gonna require him to do? <laughs> like that was a serious <laughs> question. <laughs> and I'm treating it real serious as if that's a deal breaker or something. I'm like, you know, it'd be nice if he gets a little bit of hips and that, but I understand. And he's like, All right, I'll see what I can do. He totally made it happen. So the original stipulation was James said, Look, I'll do it if you just come out to my, where do I live? There's an elevator here. And I, I looked at the elevator and I said, no offense, but I need a double door open. <laughs> Yours <laughs> is just the swipe. And I was like, I'm that committed to doing this well. And he was, and then Anthony's like, okay, I'll bring him up. Just give him, bring lunch. He likes this place. I was like, you got it. And James came, he was so cool. Like he hung out with us, talk stories. he, Signed My Big Trouble in Little China uh, Blu-ray. Nice. Um, Just seriously, the coolest guy. Mm. Legitimately the coolest guy. But a lot of the outtakes with me in the elevator with him, he's like pretending to pee into my hat. (laughs) (laughs) I think he was playing the character as if he was pissed off that somebody else was Lopan. And I wasn't about to direct. I wasn't about to direct James Hong, you know the man of a thousand faces. I wasn't going to tell yeah. him what to do. I was like, we're going to get whatever's usable out of this and make it happen. Hmm. Uh, did, you, did you ever see him in, in uh, Nerds? He's like, he's Booger's the Nerds, master. Yeah. Remember that? Yes. Where he burps like for 30 seconds or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he did that at lunch. Not 30 seconds, but it was on camera. He just like let one rip right in between the two girls. It was... Awesome. T- Excellent, and everybody just loved it. Like he yelled at Mike, my not not really mean wise. He just was like he would he was he put on that like who are these people friends of yours? Yeah. This really pisses me off to no end. Like he was <laughs> that sort of agitated, and it was beautiful to behold. The best part of the shoot by far.
0: Even gets to do the uh, the old uh, joystick thumb thing at one point in the elevator yeah. too. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He's shooting Egg Shen off camera.
0: <laughs> awesome. What a Dude. great experience, man! Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm like over here smiling like an idiot because I just am laughing about how funny that was.
0: Tell us if you have any interesting things that happened uh, behind the scenes during the making of the video that might be uh, worth talking about.
2: <laughs> yeah, let me see. Did we get? A, did anybody get arrested? No, oh. nobody got arrested, so that's good. <laughs> Batman, maybe. I, I think I almost got in trouble because we were dancing up on the roof, which I I guess I could admit that. No, I'm not even in the same state. That was to- <laughs> that was totally illegal. So we were dancing up on the roof. Um, no, low style went off pretty much without a hitch. The problem is, it, it was really late. Like if you look at when we when Psy dropped his video, it was already like climbing like crazy. People had done a bunch of parodies, it- it- just like Batman. Maybe it was really late to the party, you know, which was a bummer. But I think the nice part is, is that that video is just super iconic and that movie is just crazy iconic so i'm like really proud that it sort of exists and it's just out there and i there's new comments that come in i like check in every once in a while every couple months to see if somebody looked watch it again and freaked out and they and there is they're all really positive i'm looking at it right now we got eleven thousand likes wow. 599 thumbs downs which Ooh. people get upset about that in the comment <laughs> section for me so that's good <laughs> It's it's fun. Nothing nothing too crazy uh, happened. I want to say on any one of the days. I th- I think we we had a this was a bummer. We had a I had that bus that they're we're dancing around in as like old man Lopan. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's in it's in like the maybe two minute minute in. He's still old man. He hadn't transformed yet, but he's in the bus messing around. That was actually a gold full RV bus that we had parked outside of the restaurant and I'm really bummed that we didn't I didn't dance around on the roof of it or something like that I, mean, just like, <laughs> I, I, I literally told some guy to drop it off for me because we didn't have any bathrooms in the restaurant mm. we needed to have a crew for a place for them to use the bathroom <laughs> so it was it was crazy, it was like a crazy, crazy shoot Now has, uh, has
0: John Carpenter seen mm. Low Pant Style and yeah. if he has uh, have you ever had a chance to talk to him, get a reaction?
2: Yeah, no, I I've talked to John Carpenter uh at like a Comic-Con and I sort of was like embarrassingly admitted that I did o- low pen style, but I I I know for a fact he's seen it because we played it in front of his movie at a um funny enough my costume designer's boy then boyfriend now husband, I think, was putting on this LA f- horror festival and he put lowpan style in front of Prince of Darkness, which, <laughs> you know, Prince of Darkness fans don't really hang with Big Trouble in Little China fans, unless they're <laughs> just straight Carpenter fans. But they're very, very different groups of people, I've noticed. Uh, so it was sort of like a weird screening, but it was still cool to see Lopan style up on the big screen. That mm. was rad. Uh, so John, John Carpenter has tweeted it. I think it was Lopin lives with the link. I don't know if it was actually him that tweeted it, but, you know, it, it got tweeted from his official yeah. Twitter. Yeah, so tweets and that, tweet. tweets. That's cool. Tweets and tweets. I'll take it. Tweets I'll take two. it. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think he has. Uh, I don't know if Kurt Russell saw it, but we ran into Kurt Russell at Disneyland one time. No. <laughs> and we all, we all, it was at my friend's wedding, Tim uh, Losey. He was getting married, and we found out Kurt Russell was walking around for that Guardians of the Galaxy ride, and he was promoting his wine. So we all, we all just woke just jumped up in one, walked down to the lobby, scanning for him. And I saw him, we got a picture with him. And then someone had, I think someone had asked him, did you see low-pants style? And he, was, he didn't even know what the heck that was. So, <laughs> What's a low-pants style? Yeah. What's a low-pants style? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there didn't you didn't go. Know what the hell that Kirk is. Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. So uh, I love, uh, one day I will show Kurt Russell myself this video, but until then nice. I'll just stalk him on Instagram and, Look at his wine. That's all. There you know go. Out.
1: Yeah, he'll he'll be doing a project in Tennessee, and it'll yeah, this a perfect.
2: It'll be a perfect storm. Absolutely, it'll be there. You go, <laughs> dude. It's so awesome. uh,
0: let let's uh, let's now fast forward a little bit. So sure. so low Pan style comes out. Yeah. Uh, so what what was your uh, your reaction to just how how it was received by the internet when it when it came out?
2: Uh yeah, you know I think at first. Just like the Batman one, I think people were kind of like, "Why'd you do this?" (laughs) (laughs) And even more so for Big Trouble in Little China because it wasn't—it was a current song, ish, was going out, but it was not a current movie, right? It's very. It's either you've seen this movie or you've not, and you know if you've seen it. People go like, "Oh, I think I saw it." You're like, "You didn't see it. You didn't actually watch it." If that's the way you think of Big Trouble in Little China, then you know you didn't see it. <laughs> uh, that movie is crazy, and it's so much fun. And I think people that are into movies and love whatever a horror genre, ghost story, a horror, you know, kung fu western—I don't know. Like, what what do you want to label it as? I don't know what you guys have labeled as, but. <laughs> that, that movie has everything. It's freaking awesome. So I think I was excited that it, it spiked kind of like the Batman maybe when it spiked. Not quite as fast as Batman maybe, but it definitely got some traction. Same, um, the Mary Sue, a few other people, like great bloggers, like threw it out there for me. And then when that happens, it's sort of just kind of like dominoes, sort of everybody starts grabbing it. Mm. Um yeah, it's it's always exciting, like super exciting too. But it was a bummer too to get flagged. Yeah. Know, right off the beginning. So like mm. it was like pfft, great. So all this money that I think I'm gonna be paying back via these views, that's definitely not gonna happen. So then it was sort of <laughs> like this bitter yeah, it was like this bittersweet thing that I like, all right, now I owe now I owe this production company a good chunk of change and I'm going to have Sires Crown which was the eyewear company that I was working with and the glasses that I wear and the thing they helped me fit the bill but I was paying that back via hours and sweat and
3: oh, making making man. glasses.
2: So yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. It, it was it was it was great. It was a lot of fun. I think it was I love that it exists. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I But you I, you I said it that. did
0: lead to other opportunities later for you?
2: Yeah, I worked at the company called The Q, which is sort of like they were trying to be like MTV for YouTube videos. So I got a mm. producer job there off of pretty much that. My, my boss at the time said, Yeah, the reason why I pretty much brought you in was because of pen style. And I was so like, There you go. It just keeps cool. paying. It's just the gift that keeps on giving.
1: Yeah. You know, I feel we, we owe you a little debt of gratitude <laughs> because when we were doing the podcast, it really seemed like we had entered the big trouble renaissance. Yeah, you know, there were books were coming out games and it was just like that was it seemed like in for some reason maybe because it was the 30th anniversary sure that people like it it had really climbed to the pinnacle of cult status that it had been sort of struggling with for years and yeah you were just a couple years early you were <laughs> just ahead of the curve on that and i feel yeah. like your video definitely helped you know ignite some of that interest because yeah it, you know just a few years ago it was sort of Oh, yeah, that movie. Oh, yeah, that yeah. is a good movie.
2: Yeah. But I think, like, everybody that really does love it, like, have always sort of, like, loved it, right? I think that's just, like, I read um, Josh, like, your, when you were, like, sick at that hotel room and watched it, like, on repeat on HBO. That's right. Like, everybody's got that, like, story about this movie. And if you love it, you just love it. And, uh, dude, that's really cool to hear. My friend had said something like that. He was like, do you think that your video... Uh, I think it was my friend CJ, the guy who bet me I couldn't get a million views, he goes, "Do you think that <laughs> your video made like lo- uh, Big Trouble, Little China like popular again?" I was like, "No, no. I think it's already popular. I think it made people come out and like support it more adamantly." But I think it's like anytime you're looking for a thing, you see it, right? Like you're more inclined to, I don't know. I
0: wonder though. I mean, I- I've been covering Big Trouble, Little China for. God, 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> at least, you're on, the, on the guy. Wing Kong Exchange. Yeah,
2: the Wing and, Kong Exchange. I used to go there religiously just because I thought the website, the, the fact that the website exists was like yeah. so cool to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, there was a time where there would be a lot of news about some things and then just a lot of nothing. And then really, I, I think it was Lo Pan style that was one of the things that kind of woke up a lot of people to <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China again. I mean, shortly after that came out, then we started getting some comics and uh, yeah. later on. There would be, uh, you know, board games and stuff and talk about a a sequel. So I, I, I do think that you making that did have an impact, certainly.
2: Yeah, I oh, well, like, what is it? You know, at the zeitgeist. It was ready. It was ready. And if look, if yeah, you guys want, it was if you guys ready. want to attribute that to my music video, I'll take it. I will never say that myself. <laughs> but I, I, I love what Boom's doing. I love the board game. I own it. Uh, I, you mm-hmm. know, I the pop figures. I was all, anything that I want to still get one of those Jack Burton. Like I think it's like a one eighth scale. That's like pff, so awesome it's like the ultimate it's like the $350 doll. Oh, yeah, right yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah ridiculously you know detailed it's wow. yeah it, it looks amazing
1: <laughs> in a perfect world you get one of those and then you hot wire it <laughs> so you can have it talk and then yes. you can do all your you you can do like an hour's worth of, of oh, Kurt Russell on dude. a chip and it would just you know, always be talking you know Son of a bitch must pay.
2: Yes, yes. You know what's funny is, uh, I always thought the Pod Chop Express would be an amazing podcast, and I think that's the reason why I found Five Minutes of Trouble because I was like, God, there's somebody that already had to have done this. And then when I heard your intro, Josh, I was like, Yeah, there you go. That's the guy that needed to do it. And I just slow clapped podcast you. Podcast Express. Yes. The, yeah, the, yeah. I like. I was gonna call it Pod Chop instead of podcast, but the Pod that's Chop good. Express. But yeah, mm-hmm. the idea would be if you had sort of like this uh John Wayneish, Jack Burton host that basically talked about the weird and paranormal, you know, like his whole thing about, it's a pretty weird planet we live on, you got to be some kind of idiot to think we're alone in this universe, and then like go into the whole like, today I got talking to some guy who claims he saw Bigfoot, you know, right, let's see, bring him on, and you're you're doing it as if you're talking into a CB radio, I think it'd just be a lot of fun.
0: Wesley, it sounds like you've got uh, a good idea there, something let's, you let's, pursue.
2: Let's talk about it. Well, see, there's <laughs> nice. a lot of failed Big Trouble ideas I I uh, I even wrote a musical for a bar, sort of like uh, the way they do Point Break Live. Do you remember? You guys ever see that? Oh yeah,
1: I'm familiar with it. Definitely Dude, familiar with it.
2: Love those guys. I think they're doing uh, Top Gun now, but or T two. <laughs> I can't remember what. Anyways, but I I got to play Keanu on my birthday once. Wow. <laughs> and, nice. Je- and Jessica Beale was in the audience. Oh, that's a true story. Ask <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> um. That was epic. So we, you know, after the I'm like, well, you know, uh, of course, like, they're like, what are you going to do? Like, you got all this stuff. And, you know, I had a few meetings after Batman, maybe, that were like, okay, so you're a director? And I'm like, no, not really. And they're like, okay, so you're like a writer. And I'm like, uh, ah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're like, so I was like, I'm, I'm actually kind of just acting right now and producing some stuff. And they're like, oh, okay, well, this doesn't really show that you can act, so it's not a lot of helpful. Talk to me when you have something, you know. So it was like a lot of those sort of frustrating, like, they they people are required to have meetings when something is successful because they their boss will get mad if you didn't meet with that guy and they went someplace else, right? So the video was getting attention, so I went into a few places, I won't say which, because that's that kind of made it sound bad. But went and met a bunch <laughs> of great people and they were like, Yeah, so what are you gonna do? And I was like, mm, I don't know. So I kicked around an idea of doing like a big trouble in little China the musical. And I <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna have to share this with you guys. Absolutely, you know, bring it, bring it. I'm gonna look up my notes here because it's it's pretty racy, but it, <laughs> it's funny because my my little girl Cecilia, she's really getting into uh, Beauty and the Beast, and uh, I wrote this kind of this first one to the Beauty and the Beast opening, so it's like. Uh, it's Margot so imagine like imagine this at a bar or like at a stage play or whatever and Margot comes out and she's walking around Chinatown very a la Belle in uh, <laughs> Kitty on <and> the Beast <laughs> so that's, that's the scene I'm just set it like that so it's very much parody it's all parody because it's all that's what I do I can't write music but I can write <laughs> lyrics so it was sort of like ni hao ni hao instead of bon ju- bon, uh, bonjour <laughs> bon and sure. then um, yeah, Margot goes the lords of death gang according to my sources are looking for girls that they can sell cause there's money to be made and those boys are getting paid by the sex trade in this little Chinatown so <laughs> pretty rough uh, <laughs> good good <laughs> and the Changs the Chang sings are the good guys with their yellow turbans they keep this place from going to hell it hey, looks like i'm missing some lyrics here uh, but yeah so sort of that <laughs> it's written out very loosely again at, on my notes uh, <laughs> the sex trade is bad that's so bad <laughs> and then i was gonna do instead of uh you know, singing in the rain. It was going to be thunder, lightning, rain. Nice, we had nice. instead of uh, "Defying Gravity." I think it was going to be uh, "Appeasing Qing Dai" or something like that. <laughs> I think I'll, I think I'll play. His- Appease pr- a my chin die or something like that. I got it. And then, of course, West Side Story fight scenes, right? Instead of the alleyway. And all <laughs> of stuff. So it was going to be all really, 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 really ridiculous. And uh, again, who the hell was going to pay for this? But,
0: well, even if it doesn't get filmed, I mean, just to be able to record some of these and yeah, maybe totally. even get it animated or something. So yes, yeah, yeah, so if anybody's
2: got a great musical something. ideas, because musical theater doesn't just, you know. <laughs> doesn't automatically hit me, but I think I was going to do a cabaret one, but I don't even know a cabaret song. Obviously, cabaret for the White Tigers. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm wow. Looking, I'm looking through this furiously and I was like, oh my God. Gosh, if There's someone saw
0: this I get. definitely something there, Wesley. <laughs> yeah. This has to be okay made. good.
2: Okay good. If I've got the if I've got the Wing Kong exchange on my side and the God Express, <laughs> we're okay. We 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 we're, we're, we're going to be styling here.
1: We are we are officially yes giving you our blessing.
2: Here. <laughs> good.
1: And I I doing? just got to say, you know, one fan to another, I mean, to to imagine this musical and give Margot a bigger role. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're saying, "Yeah, I always wanted to see more of Margo." And so, you know, you you given her a whole song. I mean, <laughs> That number in your in your musical would probably be longer than if you put all Margot's scenes together in the totally. movie. Well, she's so. an
2: exposition fairy, so we might as well just give her the song, let her <laughs> sing it, man. Let her all just at once, sing it. yeah. Set it just up. get it out of the way. Tell us, then, right into the airport scene, you know, with the, the puma truck and fairy. everything. Yeah, perfect.
1: perfect, dude.
2: I love, I love, I really do love this movie. And any opportunity I get to nerd out with it is just like. Amazing.
1: So, speaking of the movie, here's a question for you. Because this is Five Minutes of Trouble. Mm. And, you know, talking about the movie, can you, you know, just off the top of your head, can you think of a few key moments, your favorite scenes in this movie, something we can isolate, maybe chat about for a minute?
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think um, David Lopan's entrance uh, Mm. on the wheelchair. The whole indeed scene. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I mean, I just how irreverent uh, Kurt Russell is towards the whole thing. Like just so insensitive. Like <laughs> so like the the bravado and just like I don't know what the hell I'm talking about and I don't care because I'm the guy talking. You know, I. kind right. It's so good. It's so good. Um, I love that. I love the whole. Chinese have a lot of hell. What the hell is Gracie Law doing here? That yeah. those, the lines are what make it for me. And watching those in a theater, dude, just the best. But yeah, anytime, anytime uh, James Hong is on the scene as the old man, that makes me giggle. But, uh, I <laughs> well, think the he's lines. So I mean, a funny.
0: testament to to W. D. Richter. Yes, who was uh, the screenwriter, and we certainly talked a, a lot about him on our other podcast for Bonsai.
2: Yeah, Buckaroo Bonsai. Yeah, I mean, he just, man, he was. I don't know. The guy was on another level. I mean, and I think like dialogue is so fun, right? Mm-hmm. As somebody who's struggled as an actor or tried to have a career as a, the dialogue is always sometimes the worst part, you know, when you got to, I can't say this, this is not exal what I want, but that one had to be so much fun. Just the, <laughs> the stuff that they had to say, and do, it's, God would have been that would have been amazing to be on... Just a fly on the wall in that set. So I love James. I, I love I love impersonating James. That was like one of my favorite things to do was impersonate Lopan. I did it all the time. So uh, James Hong coming in there and just sort of like putting everybody in their place, you know, I, mm-hmm. I love that. I love he's like... And I love when he's um, a yeah, king, a warrior. He goes, my trouble... My problem here is this... this too uh, this? My, my tomb. I'm, I think I took his lyrics directly from his lines there you know yeah, this first warrior line. Yeah. yeah yeah he goes i'm a king a warrior. godfather of little china that's what they call him king and a warrior that's his lines entombed inside this crippled form appearances can fool you and he goes Well like what you is like this guy's like like nothing you can understand <laughs> you know he's, he just totally just puts jack in his place even though jack won't stay there <laughs> that's definitely one of my favorite scenes wow. Well, definitely.
0: Um, if, if James Hong is not available to do any voiceover, they would do like a <laughs> like a video game or something of this. They they need to call you, man.
2: Yeah, if if, if he's busy, <laughs> I'll I'll do Kung Fu Panda Seven as the noodle <laughs> the noodle duck. Um, <laughs>
0: love it, love it.
2: What's another good scene? The the brothel scene is mm-hmm. amazing when he goes in there's Henry Swanson. Uh, I think I think even in um, Ready Player One. They had a reference to Henry Swanson. Oh, did they? Yeah, really oh, randomly. Oh, I
1: miss that. Yeah, they—they, they, I mean, they
2: definitely pointed out, like they yeah. overt—not—not not the movie, the book, the book. Oh, the book. The book okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like overt oh, okay. talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah. About yeah, that, that would make sense. We we have discovered the sort of connection between uh, Ernest Klein and Big Trouble in Little China. Oh yeah? I did. yeah. Yeah. No, he he was the one who. Uh, what did he? He wrote the, the the unofficial sequel, the Buckaroo Banzai Against the World Crime League.
2: Uh, and uh, he threw
0: jack Burton in as a character in that one so he definitely wow. likes yeah. the series
2: <laughs> yeah that makes sense he's definitely got like the sensibilities of that stuff um that's funny i didn't i, I didn't know that mm-hmm. um what else i like i like the elevator scene oh my god that makes me laugh every time when they they take the uh the what is it? We you know he's like what is it? We drink it? Yeah, good. I thought so. And, you know, like he, he's in there. You know they got all the and it just hangs on this scene just a little too long. And it's like getting hot in here. It's just yep. me.
1: <laughs> I'm feeling really really good right I now. I feel How really good. You? Yeah, yeah, I feel very good. Yeah, me too. Yeah, they're... yeah, you're right. It's it's like maybe five seconds too long. of was sort of smiling and nodding. It's like, yeah, yeah. Is this our floor yet? No, not yet. Okay. It's
2: getting hot in here. Just me. I I love, I love that weird stuff. I think that's really good. I feel like I've, this last time I just, before we moved out, my wife and I just moved out to Tennessee. I'd seen, uh, it, big trouble, little China, um, on screen again for, I think it was, who put it on the traveling road show. I forget. Which one that was specific. I think it was Alamo Roadshow or something. Anyway, it was like the first time that I'd realized how much Jack Burton does that whole like yeah, 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 and his characters, which made me go, he's improving so much of this. <laughs> he really is. He's improving so much of this. I guarantee it. It's amazing. It makes me happy, but like yeah, I, I, I just believe that on set would have been so much funny to so much fun to do that.
0: Now, uh, here's something to ask because it's probably going to be coming up uh, sometime in the future. The sequel. Yeah. The uh, upcoming sequel to Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, Lately, we've heard that it's not going to be a remake. It will actually be a true sequel with Mm. The Rock. Uh, What are your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah. I got to ask uh, at another screening. This is getting embarrassing now. But at another screening of Big Trouble in Little China that was curated by James Gunn, I got to ask him and Kurt Russell what they thought about that. Mm. them. So. I'm gonna to defer to them. I think they James was like, sure, you know. I know I asked I was trying to ask him if he'd direct it, and he wouldn't. He kind of was elusive about the question. But Kurt yeah. was like, Kurt Russell, I call him Kurt. I don't know if you guys call him Kurt, I call him Kurt. <laughs>
1: we can <laughs> I think we can all call him. Yeah, I've
2: been calling Kurt. Kurt was like, uh he I guess he had just come out of the Fast and Furious movies with Dwayne Johnson and really had nothing but good things to say about the Rock, right? So that was cool to hear. I don't know if he was sort of putting on just like a good face about it, but he was. His sort of sort of thing was like, you're never going to be able to recreate that movie. It's got to be its own own thing. He goes, the thing about this movie that was such a an, an interesting synergy because they had come off, I think, two or three movies at that point, right? It was Elvis, Escape, and The, and the Thing. thing yeah, yeah. Right. Right. So this was like their big like almost in a way it's like their like like uh, Simon Pegg and um, you know it was like their trilogy I don't really count Elvis because it's sort of made for TV but they'd worked together a few times already but this was going to be their third and their really successful sort of trilogy with John and Kurt fourth technically but and then the movie sort of bombed right which is Fascinating, But the idea that Kurt was basically trying to communicate was that there was this movie and this idea and this crew and this actor and this director, and that's going to be almost impossible to try and recreate. And I, I think he's right, you know, and the script changing the way it did and how it was perceived as a f- total flop. And now it's still becoming one of the, in my mind, one of the best cult movies around, right? Cause it's really well done quality wise. It's expensive. Expensive looking stuff for for the time that it. What what was the budget? Do you guys know? I don't know. I don't know if they ever said what the budget was. Yeah, I, I want to say twenty five million back Could then, something like that. But maybe That
1: sounds that sounds familiar. But right. In the in the twenty million in nineteen eighties dollars. Right,
2: right. Right. Which is a lot. Right. So. Big budget for that time. So. Totally. Yeah. So I think I personally would love Taika Waititi to direct it. He's talked nice. a lot of, he's talked a lot about Big Trouble in Little China. Uh he used it a lot for his pitch for Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um he um super talented guy. I think he's he think he could totally nail it.
0: Yeah, we were talking about uh, Thor Ragnarok at one point on a previous episode that yeah. there are many influences of Big Trouble yeah. Little China in oh, there. Oh, yeah. And just Jeff Thor's J- character alone could totally be He's Jack totally Burton. a uh-huh. Jack
2: Burton. Uh, uh, what's his name's totally Lopan, the collector, right? right? He's just this eccentric old weird guy who's not really tied to any sort of reality. Um, and Jeff know, Goldblum, too. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> gotta, love the, gotta love the bloom. Um, <laughs> gotta love the bloom. <laughs> gotta love the bloom. <laughs> That's my um. new name for him. Thank you. <laughs> <The Bloom. laughs> you seen that new
1: movie? I the hear Bloom. the Bloom's in it. Oh, yeah, all right. Let's go check out the Bloom. You know, he has that, he has that live jazz thing every Wednesday yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's come where, see the Bloom? Yes, yeah, go yeah. see the Bloom. That yeah. was
2: down the street from the screening that day. Yeah, that's so random. Yeah, it's so uh, I love it. Huh. I, I, I thought Thor thought was a lot of fun. You know what I mean? So I... I thought James Gunn was going to be the guy who kind of directed it, and I was sort of, like, calling it. I was like, he's hosting a screening of it. Kurt's coming. He doesn't come to these things. They're they're soft, like kind of what old school um, Favreau would do at, like, Comic-Con. They're, like, seeding out the idea to the nerd populace and seeing what would happen. You know, that's that was my own little conspiracy theory about the movie. And since I don't think that, I don't know if it's just because, you know, Rough stuff with James and all the media blitz about that whole thing. Anyway, we don't have to get into that. But I, I personally like The Rock. I liked The Rock a lot more five years ago when they were first talking about it, or eight Hmm. years ago when I was first talking. Now I feel like, and I think Josh and I mentioned this briefly. Like, yes, The Rock is so popular that and so recognizable, even especially like overseas, that it would bring a lot of attention to the property. like it would make it i think it would make it a success financially Mm. i don't know like kurt my friend kurt was saying i don't know that the rock is he's good at comedy for sure but i think what it is is playing it straight right like it's actually playing it straight and believing like and i think the rock could do that but i don't know if they're going to create if it's a straight sequel how are you going to make another jack burton I, I, don't, I just don't know. I always thought it was a fun idea to go back to the, like the sequel, be a prequel. Uh, do it in the West when Lopan arrives in the Old West and how he got established in, yeah. an, old, in an old opium thing. I mean, hmm. you're going to step on a lot of cultural sensitivity stuff for sure with oh, that You would tie into
0: the original screenplay. Right. So the instead of... Wiley a, Prescott. Not, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so
2: so just redo that, right? In a way, like instead of that, you've actually, or if it's like a split time, whatever, sort of a back to the future two thing, hmm. I would, or three, I would love that. But, you know, that's my own nerd version of it. I would love to see Stagecoach uh, transporting somebody who's got something that the Wing Kong exchange established thats what establishes this weird market or whatever mm. the opium den. That'd be kind of funny to play with, because then you don't have to necessarily know the original. It's a prequel, that sort of thing. That would be fun to see, and maybe they could have that part in the movie. But mm. I'm like you. I'm I love the original so much. I much rather would have a sequel than a remake, right? But at the same mm. time then then you're really touching the the original more yeah. than just the remake does. So mixed feelings. I'm not gonna be mad about it. I just <laughs> I want to be involved with it if I can. Just <laughs> like go. bring me in one time. Hey I'm the guy who did that YouTube video. Remember <laughs> that guy? Yeah just put me in. I wanna be the uh I wanna be the guy that gets shot by a Wing Kong golden gun. <laughs>
1: You, you can cover James Hong on ADR for that. There one.
2: you go, yeah. James is too tired right now. <laughs> right? I yeah. want to do his voiceover. That would be amazing.
1: That's that's your destiny. <laughs> that's your destiny.
2: <laughs> I like The Rock. I want The Rock to be, I would love to have The Rock to have been the bad guy in my movie, but now he's just worth too much. You know what I mean? Like That's what I'm saying. It's almost become, he's become, I love The Rock, but he's become a victim of his own success in a way. And I and I mean that in a good way. Like I'm so happy for him, but it's like I don't know. I I I I, I definitely think he's got his roots. He's got he grew up in I think on Oahu. He's got Samoan family lines and Hawaii, I think Hawaiian. I know his father's African American. His mom's Samoan. So he's like definitely got like you know island roots and stuff. I think they were talking about him playing Kamehameha, which a lot of people have mixed back in the islands have mixed feelings about because the same thing right like it's like such a cultural king kamehameha that was the high my high school was kamehameha schools like this this Mm -hmm. guy was the first king of hawaii it's not a dragon ball z move you know he was like the real (laughs) real deal and the rock playing him almost is a two-edged sword on one end it'll bring a lot of money to the movie on the second side it's like it's not really meant to be the rock to play that and or maybe it is maybe it's not there's a lot of there's already a lot of baggage good baggage with the rock that's that's my only issue and you know i love i love watching him work i loved when he did the rundown that was like one of my favorite movies also shot in on in hawaii uh with christopher walken and on Kauai, and uh he was amazing in that movie did you guys see that one
1: yeah, Run it's a cool movie. Dude, so it's, good. Yeah, and it's kinda you know, it's kind of in the same yeah. ballpark of what we're talking about. You know, sure. I the the action adventure comedy.
2: Yep, yep, yeah, totally. So he can do it. Obviously he can do it. I wish he would I wish he did it then, in a way. You know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what about that. I guess man, I'm looking at I'm seeing skyscraper, which I haven't seen, and I'm just like uh <laughs> eh don't know if that's really Jack or whoever or I don't know if that's really a big trouble chunk, time, but who knows the script could be awesome and he could be the, exactly the right fit. you know
0: yeah well' we'll, we'll see when we'll that see. thing finally does come out. yeah That'd be quite something.
2: Have you guys talked about it? Um,
0: well, here and there we've talked a little bit about uh, about the sequel. Um, I don't know. I personally I'm just happy to be able to have a chance to see more big trouble adventures on the big screen regardless of whether it be a remake or, or a sequel. Totally. Um, I think that having The Rock on is a good idea in the sense mm-hmm. that it will be a draw probably internationally. Mm-hmm. So financially, it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Is he the best person to play Jack Burton? That I don't know. But yeah. if they're going to be doing a sequel, he yeah, may not he be, Jack yeah, he he may be, be Jack Burton. He may be a role that kind of fits better with his personality. Totally. What do you I think, do you think Brett?
1: He could Maybe he plays Jack Burton Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have, we. there's a lot of potential there. Like, how do we figure that one out?
2: Right. I think they're doing... Joined- <laughs> They're doing that with Crocodile Dundee, right? With Oh, really? Right now. With Danny McBride? Yeah, like he's oh, he's Mick Dundee's <laughs> son, and uh, you would <laughs> think that would be somebody like Chris, uh, or not? Uh, Chris Hemsworth. But Chris Hemworth is in it, and he's like, "Oh, you're really Mick Dundee's son, really, really, really? So that's that's a, It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. It's like it's almost he's playing as sort of a Jack Burton-y yeah. character.
1: Genetics can be tricky. can be very <laughs> tricky. So yeah, that's that that would be one idea. So yeah. I, I'm just enjoying, uh, as I alluded to earlier, this the big trouble Renaissance because we've <laughs> got that. all this cool stuff now. and again, I think your video was, uh, thanks for making it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. It's uh, sorry for all the the hard parts, but it's a great looking video, uh, and uh, I think it helped kind of spark uh, the the good times we're having now with this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, and even uh, you know the next generation of of Big Trouble fans too have uh, have something to look at when they when they watch that video. My daughter Ilana loves it, yeah. and uh, you know she's she keeps asking to uh, to to hear it over and over.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's a. I'm saying I have friends I haven't yet to I think I played my little girl. She's about to be two I think I played her Batman maybe. Lopan I think would probably confuse her. <laughs> See how, like if I told her you that was understand. me coming around the corner in that on that automated wheelchair in full, you know, old man makeup, she'd be like uh-huh. she'd just be like, uh uh-uh, uh that's not No,
1: that's not Daddy. That's not Daddy.
2: No. <laughs> I know you. I'm not yeah. <laughs>
1: That's not you, man. I don't know what what are you talking about?
0: Well, Wesley, what other stuff uh, are you working on right now that you can tell us about like, to uh, let our audience know about?
2: Uh, not a whole lot. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, like not a whole lot in the creative scene, you know? Like I, I do some commercial writing. Uh, friends with a lot of creative people that I love doing development. I was pretty close to getting a development, film development role out here, if you can believe that. That uh, ended up going with more of a local person. I think my ideas were a little too weird. Which is fine. I'm so like totally okay with that. Uh but personally I do a lot of like I guess the right way to put it is like doing some consultation stuff, do a lot of commercial commercial writing. Mm -hmm. I'm sort of like on retainer for a company there. I get to kind of do that. That's been a lot of fun. Um and my we just kind of enjoying uh getting out of LA for a little bit. I've been (laughs) eighteen years eighteen years in Hawaii, eighteen years in LA. Doing a bunch of weird different things, and I think producing and film and that's always going to be the long goal. I really want to produce something on in on Maui. I've got a concept that mm. uh, I really really like, and I'm sort of developing. I've my friends all know that I've said this like, you know, it's that one thing that you always want to do and you just never did it, but it's it's almost become a sort of a joke now. But I want to do like a um, mockumentary. Not found footage, but sort of like a. There's been. It's called Maui Monkey. I want to do that really badly. I want to do com- completely like local <laughs> pigeon English speaking characters, unapologetic, like basically. It's the first time that there's ever been a Sasquatch sighting in the Hawaiian Islands. Every other state, including Alaska, has reported Bigfoot sightings. Hawaii hasn't. That's actually a weird fact, uh, if you can consider those sightings facts. But uh, I would really, really, really like to do that and then tie it into some big conspiracy thing with guerrilla soldiers. We need to
0: get you in touch with Kai. Yeah. Yeah. Kai
2: Roth is all about uh, that sort of thing. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Kai sounds pretty Hawaiian to me. Is he K-A-I?
1: I am. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has his Hawaiian relatives, and yeah. Uh, yeah, as you know from maybe our episode, he's a he's a bigfoot hunter. No way. Re- he is really tied into it. He. Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, let's talk to Kai.
1: Yeah, we can definitely. I can hook you guys up, and uh, yeah, I just worked on him on uh, Bigfoot Bonanza Two here in San Francisco, which no was uh, a, yeah a a bigfoot hunter's uh, film festival. Come Fascinating on. stuff.
2: Oh, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love that. There's even a tie in with Bigfoot the Chinese Wild Man. He's in there. Exactly. He's in there. Yeah. He's yeah. In there. So I, I love it. I I always thought it would be a fun thing if we did a straight continuance of Big Trouble in Little China, like if it was literally still like old man Jack, kinda like what they're mm-hmm. doing in the comic books. I yeah. would totally set it in Hawaii. And yeah. I, I think I think it'd be instead of uh He'd be Captain Ron now instead of, you know, Jack Burton. He's Perfect. kind of Jack, yeah, he's Jack Burton on a boat, and it'd be called the Port Chop Express. <laughs> See that? And he's just, like, sailing between islands because Hawaii's, like, the most isolated landmass in the world, right? So there's something about that that Jack just wants to be away from all the BS. And uh, But there's a big Chinese population there anyway, right? Mm. So there's a fun, fun little... Uh, tie in there so yeah, like i think like,
0: I think there's something there yeah totally quick I, write it down <laughs> <laughs>
2: taika taika call me up bro nice
0: well wesley thank you so much for coming on the show it's been a blast hearing about the making of this and, yeah uh, just hearing all your other stories so thank you very much
2: yeah i hope uh, there was a lot of fun you guys i hope i didn't talk too much there i was i'm a big fan of the podcast and fan of obviously the wing kong exchange so thank you for having me on it's been awesome
0: Absolutely. Now where could people uh, find out more about the stuff you do and do uh, you have like a website, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, anything like that?
2: I should probably have all of those things, but uh, <laughs> I don't. I, I like at the time, like I think my the big joke when I was in interviews, I was like I'm horrible at Twitter and I think my last tweet was about putting out suits that fly or something. So if you just search Wecky J, W E K E J A Y. So uh, veke or Weke is my Hawaiian name, which is, just means goatfish. Mm. And then J is my middle name. So I went to Hawaiian school, and I was like one of the only kids that didn't have a Hawaiian name. So they were like, "We'll just change Wesley to Weke Leke. and I was like, uh, "That's pretty bad. Oh, just Veke. Veke is good." And they're like, "Well, you know what that means?" It was like, "Goatfish." And they're like, "Perfect. you will call you Veke." So that was like sort of my. <laughs> reason i kind of did like my two names that weren't my names my middle name and my hawaiian name so that's that's vecky j but that's my uh handle for instagram that's my uh that's where you can leave comments on the youtube video for low pin style and my twitter sure, it's Vek- j too but I, I i don't even know if i know my login for that thing
0: <laughs> well we'll definitely uh, link to that when we post about this episode on our twitter yeah. feed so you'll you'll get even more <laughs> notice from that <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Love it. as far as for us uh, please visit us at five minutesoftroublecom you can also check us out on facebook at five minutes of trouble and twitter at five minutes trouble and if you want to join our listeners group it's still there you can look for the five minutes of trouble truck stop on facebook so nice. join today we still talk about stuff around here uh, also please listen to our other podcasts we have five minutes of bonsai where we discuss the film Buckaroo Bonsai Across the Eighth Dimension. And you can find that at 5 minutes of Uh Also, let's plug it. We have our old-time radio podcast, 12 Chimes, It's Midnight, which you can find at 12chimesradio.com. Yeah. And uh, Brett, uh, you've been acting quite a bit on some of this lately, haven't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. We just we just did an episode. Uh, it was our third season three premiere, and it was, that was pretty well done. It was, and it was written by... Uh, TCM's very own Eddie Muller, host of the uh, Noir Alley. It's a show on TCM, and he hosts a movie, and yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, 12 Chimes, produced by our pal Amy Pavi, and we're in the midst of season three. And you're writing one as we speak. I mean, you were writing the an, an episode for 12 Chimes while we were doing this podcast, right? That's right. Yeah, yes.
0: well, I, I I wrote two from season two. You wrote... Did you write one or two yourself?
1: I, I wrote two episodes.
0: You wrote two. I and had to keep yeah, up Yeah, I here. have one that I'm, I'm trying to get out. Hopefully it can be finished in time to actually be part of season three. We'll see. It'll be a bit Excellent. of a, a comedy that takes Excellent. place uh, during the 50s. So we'll see. All right. Uh, well, Wesley, thank you very much for coming on. Any last thoughts, gentlemen, before we sign
2: off?
1: No, just it's good to be back. And listeners, you know, you, you never know when we'll do another one of these episodes. So stay tuned. That's right. We're always looking for to, to do another one, so
0: it ain't over till it's over. And it ain't over. All right. Well, this is the Podcast Express signing off. Thank you for listening to Five Minutes of Trouble.
3: If
2: we're not back by another month, call the president. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow, I got nice. chills. Nice.